Will you join me in prayer? Holy One, you gather us together in this place to be the body of Christ, to receive communion at his table, to hear your word. I ask that the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts might be faithful to you. In Christ's name, amen. Well, most of you know that last week I announced that I was going to preach each Sunday from the same scripture text. So this reading from Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 8, you will have heard last week, you hear this week, and you will hear again next week. I don't think you'll be bored. I hope not. It is scripture after all. And I know that whenever I read scripture, every time I read it, I find some new nuance, something new. After all these 47 years of ordained ministry, I still find something new every time. And so I'm hoping that as you hear this text and perhaps even take your bulletin home um, and read it, occasionally through the week, you might find new inspiration for your lives. So, as they do with serials on television, let me just reprise last week. For those who weren't here, we focused on the first two verses, and we focused on Paul's words that we are to present our bodies as living sacrifices because in that is our true spiritual worship. That we are not to be conformed to this world, but we are to be transformed by the renewing of our minds so that we can prove what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And just as Paul had a strong emphasis in those first two verses on bodies, So he does throughout the rest of this text. And in this morning's portion, verses 3 through 5 in particular, he speaks of a body in a different way. Not about our individual living sacrifices, but instead this time about us together as the body of Christ. But before we get to that central message, I want us to look I didn't memorize it this week, folks. I want us to look at the first verse in this morning's text. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. Now, A year ago, just before I came to be with you, I moved into a continuing care retirement community. As a pastor, I had seen so many people wait way too long to make that decision. I was determined that even though I thought I was giving up a lot, I was still going to make that decision early and move in early while I could make friends and do all those wonderful, take advantage of 
it's almost like being on a permanent cruise living in this place. It is really quite something. You know, you make a decision like that, and then you think, oh, God, I hope it's the right decision. You think of all the things that could go wrong. You think of all the ways in which it might feel like you've relinquished your independence somehow. Well, believe me, in the place I'm living, there's no relinquishing of independence. But part of what amazed me about my experience at this place called Seabury in Bloomfield, Connecticut, is, number one, their stated core values actually get lived out. Now, that's rare in this world. I mean, we all have highfalutin stated core values, but this place really lives them. And one of the ways that's evidenced is that this community is a community of amazingly gifted and accomplished people. There are people there who are the poet laureate of Connecticut, who are the uh, retired head of medical practice at a major hospital, um, a former state U.S. representative, I mean, congressional representative, uh, lawyers of renown, on and on and on. And, you know, one would expect to be just, you know, to be among these people who are just so sure of themselves and all puffed up. And yet what I've experienced there is that there are all these impressive people, and almost none of them, and I say almost none because there has to be some exception, and I haven't found him or her yet, almost none of them are impressed with themselves. They're all, we're all just impressed with each other. And that, I think, is what Paul is talking about. Do not think more highly of yourself than you ought to think. But think with sober judgment in accord with the measure of faith that God has given you. It's quite something to live in a community that so values each other and the giftedness that comes together there. I know you have that experience here in the midst of this church. I hope you can have that experience forever in the midst of this church, because it is precious. Knowing that you have gifts to give, and every single one of you does have gifts to give, but that's next week's sermon. But knowing that each of you comes to the faith in your own way and brings to any conversations about faith or about the application of faith to life, means that you cherish one another. Now, Paul goes on from our not thinking too highly of ourselves with these words. For as in one body we have many members, and not all the members have the same function. So we who are many are one body in Christ, and individually we are members one of another. My comments last Sunday about our being the body of Christ are reinforced today by Paul's words. We are brought together by Christ's gospel, by the action of God, by the love of God, in order to be one body, 
Now, in this body, we have a huge amount of diversity. Here in, gathered here this morning, we have tremendous gifts and opportunities, ways of supporting and caring for each other. We bring many vantage points to life. There's probably not one person in this room who thinks exactly like anyone else. But that is a part of God's gift to us. And God's hope and Christ's hope and Paul's hope for the church of Jesus Christ is that we will cherish each other. That we will know that when we differ, when we disagree, that is a way of strengthening the body of Christ. Oh, it all depends on how we do it. But it is a way of strengthening the body of Christ because bringing all those vantage points together becomes so important in our being strong. And it builds us up individually as we learn to listen deeply to those who think differently than we do because we grow. And if there is anything that Paul is suggesting, it is that we are called to be the living, breathing, growing body of Christ in the midst of the world. Now, I think it's interesting that Paul uses the metaphor of body because he could have talked about Come together and seek to know the mind of Christ. And he does say that in some other places. But here he uses the metaphor of body. And I believe it's because these eight verses at the beginning of Romans are the introduction to four chapters in Romans that are descriptive of how we are to live the Christian life. It is, yes, about what we are to believe but it is about the ethics of Christian living in the midst of the world. And so his use of the metaphor of body is about our actions less than our thoughts, less than our beliefs. So for me, the use of body is a way of saying you are to be the incarnation of God living and breathing Christ in the midst of this world. Now, if that doesn't make the hair rise up on the back of your neck, I don't know what will. To imagine that this community, including those who couldn't be here this morning or who chose to watch a certain soccer game, is indeed the living, breathing body of Christ. Not just when you're gathered, but when you are scattered in your daily lives. For me, that is the essence of Paul's teaching in these chapters. These eight verses for me encapsulate the best of Paul's teaching about anything. There are some points in Paul which I disagree with. Yes, one can disagree with the Scripture. Yes, one can be in dialogue with the Scripture. 
yes, one can think, what did it really say in Aramaic? And ask yourself those questions. But Paul's words at the beginning of the 12th chapter of Romans, for me, encapsulates what it means to be a Christian and to live as a Christian. So when we come to this table this morning, and we come metaphorically, last year when I referred to our coming to the table, there was a visitor among us who had never worshipped in a Protestant church, and she came forward, and because I didn't know her from you, I thought she was serving, and we put her to work right away. And I didn't even know it until later. It was quite the moment. But that, too, is a metaphor because we are all put to work right away. And as we come to this table, friends, we come, yes, our own individual spirits in need of the presence of Christ in our lives. But we also come to this table knowing that we are bonded together in the spirit of Christ. We are made one for all of the differing members that we are. We are one body in Christ. May we receive this communion as one body, cherishing each other in Christ's love. Amen.